Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh. And as always, the Cowboy Chronicles podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Jacob, it's been a rough day, I gotta admit. I woke up this morning with baby shark stuck in my head and i haven't been able to kick it yet and it's did did you watch a washington nationals baseball game i did not i didn't didn't uh, no no i have no idea why it's stuck in my head i watched nothing your son no no no, he doesn't even really like like the song that much i have no idea why i woke up with that song stuck stuck in my head so it is a very, rough start to the day. Very disturbing way to begin your day. I'm, I'm you know, just... I liked to uh, <clears throat> kind of teasingly annoy my wife with that this last baseball season mm-hmm. because Elvis Andrews also right, came right, up right, to right, that right. beginning yeah. of the year. Yes. And like we went to opening day in Arlington mm-hmm. and he that was his song that day for his yes. son. His son wanted that. Ashley hated it. She thought it was a terrible idea. Yeah. And so I just kind of went with it. Yeah. That's funny because we're getting way off topic before we even start. But um, I went to an early season game. Uh, I think it was the second game of the season, the Saturday game, mm-hmm. when they were playing the Cubs. And I thoroughly enjoyed that he had chosen that. Yeah. As much as I hate the song, I yes. loved that it was his walk-up music. I thought it was fun and really cool tribute to his son. Yes. And, you know, and, and then uh, the, wa- the Nationals obviously adopted it and became this you know, right. huge yeah. thing. But yeah, exactly. I think Andrews should be credited with that first. Absolutely. And I was I was glad I went to a, a late season game, and I know you went to several, but uh, he was still using it late in the yes. season, and that was uh, that was cool. I, he got I was, away from it for a little bit, and then it went he, back. I think he he, okay. he kind of hit a slump away from it, and so and, he thought yeah. maybe if I go back, change up change <laughs> up the, uh, the the music and and fix things. That's uh, that's understandable. I feel that way about life sometimes. Yes, yes. Um, go right back now, to the routine. Right now. I'm slumping with Baby Shark, so, um, but uh, but let's jump into the podcast. We've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Get uh, get some football stuff. Uh, recruiting is uh, is all wrapped up now. Well, uh, the uh, recruiting of people who can sign. Yes. Obviously, grad transfers still uh, still on the market. Got some weird situations going on there. Basketball got a big victory last night. Hey, we'll get into, we get into all of that. So, uh, plenty to talk about here on uh, on the Cowboy Chronicles. Uh, beyond baby shark so let's uh, let's jump into it um did anything about about uh, signing day surprise you at all i mean the only real possibility is is the fact that they did go and add an, a, a junior college quarterback but it wasn't really necessarily a surprise no um we started to see that coming in the few days leading up to it yeah um so there really was to me it was a very uneventful yeah, yeah morning absolutely. it was really just a morning like like you right. wrote like it yes. was done over with um gundy probably went and took a nap yeah before absolutely. he hit the road to recruit some more maybe right. um and moved on it was very normal usual day it felt yeah. like like it just didn't yeah. i mean other than the snow that was about the only thing different yeah, about exactly. yesterday other than that, that it just was, felt uh, like a normal that was, day that was the uh the only real chaos that uh that we had around here so um it was uh, like I said. It kind of kind of popped up a little bit unexpectedly, but not mm-hmm. really surprising that they went and got. I hate to hate to refer to a kid this way, but an insurance policy yeah. at quarterback. I mean, that's the, he's filling the Drew yeah. Brown role to come in and uh, and be 
you know, a reliable backup if if something happens to Spencer Sanders and and you know, and if Shane Ellingworth isn't ready or if they want to want to maintain his red shirt. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's going to be the uh, the the primary role of Ethan Bullock. Now he looks like a talented player. Watching him on film, six four, two fifteen. You know, a pretty strong arm from what uh, from what you can tell. Uh, obviously, looking at looking at highlights, you're only seeing highlights. I always right. I always say that about about guys. So, um, you know, you don't see, uh, you know, you know, you the don't miss see throws how the, bad he misses when he misses, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, bad the near decisions. interceptions. Yeah, exactly. Those sorts of things. The fumbles, but, right? You know, exactly. in the pocket yeah. or something. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, he was a, a talented player coming out of high school. Um, signed with uh, with South Dakota State. Um, things didn't work out for him there, and went out to City College of San Francisco and and played a couple of years, and and uh, now has himself in a uh, in a really good situation. So, um, I think that was important. I think I think the most important signing, and uh, the more I uh, research this guy, the more I get excited about Lamont Bishop. Yeah. Um, this guy is very athletic and and in a pretty big body. Um, you know, they uh, everything I had seen had him listed at six three. They they uh, officially listed him at six four uh, at Oklahoma State when they put out the press release. So, um, you know, two hundred twenty five pounds, and uh, you can tell he's uh, athletically very gifted. Mm-hmm. Obviously, coming off an ACL injury, um, it was earlier in the in the year. He only played five games. Um, so, uh, you know, they expect him to be fully healthy by the time he gets here, but he's a guy that, uh, that I think he's a guy, I think that Jim Knowles could have a lot of fun with in some, in some unique types of situations because, uh, he can do, uh, he can do a lot of things and is really good at getting to the quarterback. So he could be a guy that comes in and is becomes sort of a hybrid guy in some of those passing situations, where you know maybe he's rushing, maybe he's not that type of thing. I think he could be a uh, a really fun guy to watch. Yeah, and you you wrote about this too. He's got he fills a needed role. I mean, you need someone there to fill that Kevin Henry role. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And wreak some havoc when Amon isn't on the field, yeah, or yeah, Malcolm, or someone like that. You know, when someone mm-hmm. is getting a breather, you need a guy yeah. that can go and make those plays. Um, and obviously too. Um, He's a good insurance policy now, also, mm-hmm. but in year two when he's here, right? You know the linebacker core is going to be really different. Yeah. So he needs to, he could become a starter and become yeah. a star. Yeah, absolutely. He could uh, he could definitely be a starter in twenty twenty one. So that's an important uh, an important piece of the puzzle. And at the same time, if uh, you know things don't go smoothly with his rehab, with his knee or whatever. He also has a, a mm-hmm. redshirt year available, so they then could, you uh, got two years of him as yeah, a starter. Exactly. Probably have two years of him as a starter. So uh, I think that was a uh, an important pickup. He was a guy that was being recruited by a lot of programs before he tore his ACL, and then a lot of them backed off, and Oklahoma State stuck with him, and uh, and it paid off. So I think he's a guy that has a chance to be a uh, an impact player. Um, you know, this year and down the line. So very interesting. Uh, the only other uh, addition yesterday, um, as we're taping this on Thursday, was uh, was Jabbar Muhammad. Um, his signing was announced. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're safe to break the uh, to break the code at this point. He yeah. signed in he's, December. Yeah, he's he's been he's been committed. Yeah. You know, signed for he a while. Asked, asked Oklahoma State not to announce his signing in December because he wanted to have a signing ceremony with his teammates. Um, not gonna not gonna hold anything against the kid no. for, for wanting to do that. But he's been committed since April of 2018. It wasn't a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, this is not a there was, secret. There wasn't any drama involved here. He but, wasn't picking uh, from hats. Exactly. So, um, you know. Maybe and, different color of OSU hats. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Three different ones, like yeah. a white one, a black one, and an orange one. Yeah. That would have that been fun if he had done, now, if he had done <laughs> that. I would. He would be my favorite new signing if he had, uh, if he had done that. But, uh, um, but, yeah, you know, there are some, sometimes there are things that uh, – that, we as as reporters, you know, you respect the kid's yeah. wishes, and that's what uh, that's what he wanted to do, and uh, and you know, um, I, I I think I don't know if he directly took any heat. I know that when whenever the December signing period passed and he hadn't signed, I got some some Twitter messages mm-hmm. uh, to me when I when I published that saying. Uh, forget him. Move on. Don't worry about him. And I was like, no, 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 no. no. It's he's, okay. He's still coming. He's not. He's not, uh, he's not decommitted. He's just. Uh, he's just holding on for a minute. So um, hopefully the kid didn't take any heat for it. Uh, I, like I said, I didn't see anything publicly. I'm sure there was a little bit, but um, but an important addition for Oklahoma State. Uh, they needed some cornerback depth, and uh, and he was a part of that. And what they in what they added this year. So. Uh, on that topic, um, we need to uh, we need to discuss Christian Holmes and and the uh, oddity of of his situation right now. But uh, before we get into that, let's take a quick break. Come right back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Uh, a little bit more football talk, then we'll move on to uh, the big hoops victory. Um, first Big 12 victory in uh, quite a while. Really, it's my first really, one I've covered. Really long First time. one I've seen. Right? Beat. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mentioned we wanted to talk about uh, Christian Holmes, the Missouri graduate transfer cornerback who, according to Chuba Hubbard, should be welcome to the family. Um, Chuba's doing our job. He is. Breaking news for us. Um that said, Christian Holmes himself hasn't said anything. I reached out to him, no response. Um, he's not very active on social media, from what I can tell. Um, so it feels like he's committed. The thing with the thing with graduate transfers, and I got asked a question about this with a different graduate transfer, who we can talk about in a second, uh, is that they don't have to sign letters of intent at this point. No. So there's no deadline for when they have to make decisions or any of that sort of stuff. And it also that also takes the power out of Oklahoma State's hands in that they can't say, hey, this guy's coming until he actually shows up and takes classes, which will be, you know, June at mm-hmm. this point. Um, so it's one of those things that's just going to float around out there. Um, Holmes obviously can change his mind at any point because he's not beholden to anything. Um, someone pointed out that he's signed a uh, financial aid agreement. You can sign all yeah. the financial aid agreements you want. Yeah. So he can sign with sixty of them. Yeah, exactly. And say, hey, I can choose between these schools. Exactly. 
And, you know, the, the odd thing about financial aid agreements is that the school must honor a financial aid agreement that they allow a student to sign, but the student isn't required to follow up on, on their side of that. So, yeah, like you said. It's all weird stuff. It is. A kid can sign as many financial aid agreements as he wants. It uh, doesn't mean anything. So, um, very odd situation, but if they are to uh, to bring him in, Really big addition at a spot where the the only spot really that they uh, that they don't have a, a an experienced guy or two ready to to fill that role being the spot of AJ Green. So it's a it's a big deal if they could add a grad transfer at that spot. Yeah, um, we've talked about this plenty on this podcast. I mean, it's just you know who who do you move over there? You move over, but Thomas Harper maybe. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, he would be he would be option uh, one, and I think Tanner McAllister is maybe one A yeah. moving over from safety. And so. then you've got Rodarius Williams on the other side. It's just it's like on a defense that has so many pieces coming back. The one weakness would be corner. Yeah, in a in the Big Twelve, and that seems like a dangerous thing to have a weakness at. Right, exactly. right now. I mean, they, yeah, they've got the pass rush, they've got the linebackers, they got the safeties, but to have a corner and a big in the lead, in a conference like the Big Twelve. With so many good receivers and quarterbacks and pass-heavy offenses, they've got to get that spot filled, and and yeah. this guy uh, would be the answer, I think, to yeah. to really put them in better shape. Yeah, definitely, and I I I think they really like Thomas Harper as an mm-hmm. athlete, um, but throwing a young guy and he got some experience yeah. mostly on special teams um, this past season, but. To throw a, a young guy into that situation, he's a little bit smaller than uh, than a lot of guys, and um, you know that's a uh, that's a that's a difficult scenario. And it's, so. it's not a year where OSU is, I think, is wanting to throw a bunch of young guys in spots. Right, they're yeah, the point exactly. now where they're in win now mode because yeah. of the talent they have. Absolutely, and you don't want to go out there and say, "Well, we can develop. We have we have the ability to develop a guy right now in that right. spot." Right. I, I don't know that they're thinking that right now. No. Last this that was this last year. Yeah. To develop absolutely. some guys in some spots for the future and now the future's kind of here. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And um that leaves um if if Holmes is taking taking up one spot in this uh this recruiting class of 25 and uh, I'll get into, you know, Mike Gunny discussed um, you know, kind of some of the backdoor ways to uh, to add players beyond the twenty five player limit. Um, but if uh, if he is, uh, you know, taking up one of those spots, that leaves one spot left in uh, in this recruiting class. the The most intriguing guy that they've uh, that they've looked at at this point is D. Anderson, the uh, graduate transfer from uh, LSU, mm-hmm. uh, 6'6", 230, big dude, former four star recruit. Hasn't done a ton at LSU. Got suspended last year for one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. He was suspended for the entire year because of a conditioning issue, uh, according to Ed Orgeron. What does that mean? opens up a ton of doors for speculation. What does that mean? I mean, um, it's really... I'll say this. The immediate thing that comes to my mind, and obviously this was not addressed and it's not been reported and it's not anything official, uh, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is performance enhancing drugs, which is an uh, which yeah. is an automatic one year suspension. True. Um, so that and that that could be very vaguely and and sort of uh, 
misleadingly addressed as a, a dis- or, mm-hmm. or labeled as a conditioning issue. That makes sense. So that's the only thing that uh, that logically makes any sense to me. I'm I have no idea what this kid's situation is, so I'm not trying to to project any of that right. on, on onto him. I have no idea. Maybe, maybe he was, you know, out of shape and skipping workouts, and and Ed Orgeron decided to show him, uh, you know, to uh, to you know prove a lesson or uh, <laughs> teach him a lesson. Right. So, um, but anyway. The he's you know he's played in I think nineteen games caught twenty seven passes over the course of his career, but uh, but a talented looking guy who could be uh, be Jordan McRae Jordan McRae type type kid to come in and uh, and help out, um, you know be one of those uh, one of those big bodies that they've uh, that they've lost. You know we were talking about how uh, how interesting that position was last year when you had <laughs> McRae C J Moore Patrick McCoffman and now they're, they're all gone. gone. So. Um, that said, uh, a guy that we haven't ever talked about very much at all on this podcast, if at all, um, Jonathan Shepard, is a guy that I've heard some really good things about in terms of uh, getting healthy and uh, and and being able to do some things. So, could be a guy to uh, to keep an eye on in uh, in this receiving core going forward as as they try to try to find some some bigger guys to use. But anyway. With Anderson, uh, it was it was funny because uh, you know, somebody it might have been Marshall Levinson from uh, Pokes Report who mentioned uh, on Twitter pointed out that that Oklahoma State has had an LSU transfer receiver that worked out pretty well in Tyron Johnson a couple of years back. Yeah, and uh, he mentioned that, and then uh, Tyron Johnson caught caught on to it and, and tweeted at D Anderson who. Um, they might have actually been there together uh, for a br- for a brief moment. I'm trying to remember to do the math. He might have been a little just might have been just ahead of mm-hmm. of Anderson coming in, but um, but anyway, he uh, he he, uh, he joked with him that uh, <laughs> told told D, you can thank me later. So um, it'll be interesting to see what ha- what happens there and uh, and how this goes for uh, for Oklahoma State. Um, as I mentioned, Gundy sort of sort of teased the fact that uh, when it comes to the transfer portal, well, let me rephrase. When it comes to signing guys, twenty five is twenty five. Mm-hmm. You can't go out and sign new guys at the and 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 push them to next year. But when you're dealing with guys on the grad uh, in grad transfers or or just transfers off of the portal. If the school doesn't pay for an official visit and doesn't go and recruit them off campus, they can be pushed to the next year's recruiting okay. class. It's a really odd right. kind of a, kind of a loophole, um, but Oklahoma State was prepared to do that with uh, with Jordan McRae last year mm-hmm. because they didn't uh, they didn't pay for for anything. They didn't go out to South Alabama to recruit. Right. Um, and uh, had they had things worked out differently, McCray could have been a guy who counted toward the uh, the twenty twenty recruiting class, okay. which is it's a really weird dynamic because he's a he would have been a twenty twenty recruit who was already done his mm-hmm. his career was already over, and um, you know blue shirting was the uh, the the phrase that uh, that was always used for for this and guys you know programs would do that uh, uh, there were a lot more. Uh, opportunities to do that we'll keep an eye on all of that and very much more as the recruiting process spring football all those different things go on over the next few months for the Oklahoma State football team let's take a break we'll come back talk a little bit about hoops 
on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Time to talk a little bit about this Oklahoma State basketball victory over TCU. Finally, get off the slide uh, against uh, against uh, against Big Twelve opponents. Um, you know, it feels so weird to know that they had that that Texas A and M victory in the middle of all of yeah. this. But uh, they've won a game recently. Yes. Um, um, but uh, but I want to jump in with this. Um, we did have a, a a question from a uh, from a follower regarding the basketball team, so we'll kick off the conversation with this. Uh, Chad asks, "What helped lead an understaffed men's basketball team to victory against TCU, and what n- what needs to happen to build on this win the remainder of the season?" Um, there was a lot of things that happened in last night's game. I mean, really a lot. Um, you mentioned understaffed. They didn't have Lindy Waters the third. Um, he suffered a it, the way it was described was a fracture around his sinus area. Um, Ouch! Yeah, it sounds painful. Um, he was going through warmups, which was really weird. Like you kind of thought he was going to play, um, but I guess that was kind of the last minute decision after shoot around. Wearing a mask? The, yeah, he's going to wear a mask when he comes yep. back. When he does play, he has to wear a mask. I think that's part of the issue right now, too. I think it's not comfortable yet. Right. And so maybe it's just he wasn't – Boynton said afterwards he wasn't ready for the physicality yet, so I wonder if that mask was still hurting maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if he got hit, it was going to make it worse. Right. It wasn't yeah, going to really protect it. It was just going to hurt worse. Mm-hmm. Um, Avery Anderson third, we didn't know was out until after the game. He didn't play at all. Yeah. He's dealing with a um, – a bruise um, that Boynton said is pretty much on his butt, so I'm going to call it a tailbone bruise. <laughs> uh, he took a hard fall in practice about a week and a half ago. Um, has tried to play through it, and he I, he didn't look great in Thursday's practice when I was out there. Um, so I think you know that's bothering him a lot right now. I, I got to say, I would love to see that on the scroll on ESPN when they're listing guys who are bruised out. butt, bruised butt, yes. Bruce Butt, <laughs> Avery Anderson out. Bruised Butt. <laughs> it was it was funny. Um, and then you know throughout the game, uh, you know Chris Harris Jr. gets the start, um, gets hurt five minutes in the game, mm-hmm. uh, lower leg injury. We're not sure what there. He didn't return. He's tweeting from the locker room <laughs> during the nineteen to two run. I was like, he's not coming back. Yep. Um, he's got his phone. He's done. Um, and then you get foul trouble. You get. Cam McGriff with four fouls with fifth and uh, Keelan Boone with four fouls with fifteen minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. Not a good stretch by Boynton there to leave them in. They got a third foul. They immediately picked up their fourth foul. Yeah, like you got to get him out of there. And then so Yor got a third foul. He pulled him out. Caleb Boone was the spark. D Mitchell though was the hero of the game. Um, outside of Isaac Likely playing perhaps his best game since November. Um, D Mitchell walk on point guard plays almost 18 minutes mm-hmm. has the best plus minus on the team at 18 doesn't take a shot right never attempted a shot and has a plus minus of 18 i don't know how it's possible <laughs> like it's insane and he did that so you had you had these unexpected places caleb boone you only played less than six minutes had a four-point spurt in the middle of this 19-2 run had a hustle play to get the ball back that led to Dezog with three-pointer um Mitchell playing the way he did defensively and just controlling the ball offensively. Um, and then you had Isaac likely 
with 15 points, a career-high 11 assists, his first career double-double, um, which I th- thought was fascinating in itself, too. Right. Um, coming out there and leading the way, Dezagua was hitting threes. He hit four, four five, three-pointers. Um, and it just was a mix of things finally going their way. Mm-hmm. And to build off that, I think there's just some confidence now. Yeah. Like, I think it's this whole idea, hey, they can win a game. Right. And that's going to be huge. I mean, yeah, the, the the tough part is they go to number one Baylor on Saturday. But, uh, you know, they're going to, you know, really uh, have some confidence going into that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the thing that's that's so important, I think, because you've got a team that the, 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 the things keep going wrong for so many different reasons. And it's like to finally get things on the same page and feel like you're making some progress is such an important feeling i think for this team that that mentally that's where you uh, you gain so much i mean i don't know if you could tell in in post game you know it's kind of a sterile environment hard to hard yeah. to get emotion out of guys uh, a lot of times in that in that post game setting um but there's there had to be a huge sense of relief. Yeah, you could tell. I mean, you could tell the way that Isaac was just grabbing the mic and answering questions. You <laughs> yeah. know, it was it was a little more energetic. Um, and they got to feel good too going into Baylor. They pushed Baylor to the brink last month in Gallagher Iba, um, so they know that they can go and play Baylor well. Um, it's just a matter of can they execute it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously. You know, we we looked at this as as maybe their their only chance to avoid a, a winless Big Twelve season and to come out and and get a, a victory and and sort of a controlling victory in uh, in in some ways. You mentioned the Big Nineteen two run, so uh, really important for uh, for this program and and to have some some guys. Uh, you know that aren't aren't the regular guys you're expecting big plays from to come through. I think that's going to be important for them. Um, you know, guys that are going to be going to be around beyond this year. Uh, you know, to, uh, to to play well. And uh, you know, Thomas Desagwe isn't one of those guys, but uh, but to see him, you know, hit a few shots and and do some things. He's really embraced this bench role really yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, he has, and that's uh, that's been important. So. Um, really, uh, really interesting situation there for them to uh, to to put it together and 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 get the victory. And um, when you when you look ahead, is there is there a game that that stands out as as another one they could go steal somewhere? You know, I think they. Here's the thing: they still got a really good home schedule left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they've still got. They haven't played Kansas State at all, right? Right. And so I, th- you know, they play them at Kansas State on Tuesday. I think that's winnable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they'd be heavily favored at the home matchup with Kansas State. Yeah. Um, they still have Iowa State at home, which is another one they could, you know, they they should be favored in. Um, they'll have OU at home. I think that'll be a different OU team on the road, right? Then, um. OU doesn't play very well on the road. They play well against Texas Tech there, and they don't play well on the road generally this right. season. Um, that's another one. I mean, right now, I think Ken Palm had them at four wins, Big Twelve going mm-hmm. into the last night. They were all the home games. Right. They were right. you know had them losing at Baylor and Kansas and Texas, and um, I think that's might be the only ones they have left on the road. Um, 
but you know they still have Texas Tech at home. Um, but I think you know I think Kansas State's going to be someone Iowa State something like that possibly OU mm-hmm. um, you know kind of in there. You know we've talked a lot about about how odd this season has been and and you know the uh, the bizarre nature of of the tailspin that they went into. What was the highest? seed you ever saw them listed at in some of the early bracket they were um was it a nine seed i think maybe that's about what i was thinking yeah i think i saw nine seed was about the highest i remember in november yeah um and i I saw them going to albany i saw them going to spokane um you know and there was a one point i think they were in the same part of the bracket as kentucky i got excited i thought that'd be cool right um and you know now i mean obviously I don't know that there's a path to the tournament at this right, point, right? Other than winning the Big Twelve tournament, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I just that's that's a tall order. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? They've played such a tough schedule. Everyone, the committee will, will likely factor in that Isaac likely was out for a month, right? With, with his illness. Um, so maybe if they get hot and win, you know, if they can finish with six wins right at this point yeah they might have a shot it's a small very very small shot but i i you know i don't i don't know that's really tough to think they can get in yeah that way it would it would be beneficial for this team i think to make a strong enough run just to get in the nit yeah and go play some 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 more postseason basketball let these these freshmen experience uh mm-hmm. experience that and and you know just obviously it's not as big a crowd and all of those sorts of things and it's uh, it's at, at home sites but um you know to uh to have that 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 sort of rhythm of of the postseason where you're preparing for an opponent you know a week after the mm-hmm. season ends and and then you know, a couple of days later you got another one and and the, and those sorts of things I think would be beneficial for this team going forward because obviously the expectations go through the roof once Kate Cunningham gets uh, yeah gets on campus so changes uh, changes everything all right uh, I think that was uh, that was all we had. Uh, from the uh, from the fans, anything else uh, hoops related that uh, that needs to be discussed? Anything else interesting on the horizon? I don't. I mean, just the Baylor matchups really intriguing to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the road's going to be tough, but I'm not convinced that Baylor's that great. I yeah, I'm. They're vulnerable. That's a, that's and a that's a very good word. They're, for they're vulnerable. That's a very good word for it. Um, the way OSU played them last time was perfect with their zone defense. Mm-hmm. OSU's zone defense is tough. Yeah, and. I don't know if they're going to do the same thing early again this time. Um, the zone they threw out a couple times last night was designed to just limit Desmond Bain as much as possible at the same time. Right. Um, and I think if there's there's not really a superstar like that on Baylor that you want to design something like that to. Right. Um, but I think I think OSU's. I've said all along, if OSU gets that one win, it could turn into something. Where they mm-hmm. get a couple wins. Yeah. Um, now the one win right before Baylor may negate that idea, but um, I'm really intrigued by this matchup. Yeah, yeah, gonna be gonna be an interesting one. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, go ahead and wrap it up here on the Cowboy Chronicles podcast, which, as always, is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.